You ever have the pleasure of teaching a kid to fly a kite? Um, this is uh, actual authentic sermons child kite that we've had, I don't know, like 12 years, 13 years, something like that. We have another, we have a whale also, and I pull them out when we go to the beach. I just, just noticed, and I think this has beach sand on it. Um, <clears throat> these are the kites that, that we use to, to teach our kids to, to fly a kite. Now, if, if you're going to teach a kid to fly a kite, you need lots of patience, lots and lots of patience, and it's probably a good idea to have a first aid kit close by, uh, some Band-Aids, some, some gauze, some antiseptic wipes, a tourniquet, AED, like whatever, you, whatever you got, you, you, you want it to have it close. Uh, aside from power lines and, and cheap kites, the biggest challenge in teaching a kid to fly a kite is that kids instinctively think that it's their job to get the kite up in the air and to fly. They instinctively think that they have to do something to help the kite. So they take off running, right? Usually with the kite flapping over their shoulder and they don't let any string out so it just continues to flap behind them. Or they throw it up in the air or they jump really high, or they thrash about and normally end up frustrated and crying on the curb. At least that's how it ended up when I taught my kids how to fly a kite. I eventually stopped crying and went inside and got a snack. You see, kids think it's my job to fly this kite when it's it's not their job. See, the key to flying a kite is figure out where the wind is and just get the kite in the right position according to the wind, and the kite will fly. All you have to do is hang on. You don't have to jump or thrash or throw or run. Just figure out Where's the wind blowing? What direction is the wind blowing? And how do I put the kite in the right relationship to the wind? And the wind has all the power. The wind has all the momentum. Just put the kite in the wind and let it fly. We've been talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What He does and who He is and What's his relationship to God, and what was he like in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and, and what part does he play in our lives? And we've got such, such a great truth uh, about the Holy Spirit, but the reality is all of the things that the Holy Spirit does in us, sometimes we start to think that we have to produce all of that. Sometimes we start to think that we... We have to work hard and, and run fast and do good things. And because if we do those things, then the Holy Spirit will be pleased with us and He'll work in our lives. He'll produce things in our lives. So we do. We work and we work and we work and we work. What we don't realize is living in the Spirit is figuring out where the wind's blowing. 
And just making sure my life is in right relationship to the Spirit of God. And then the Spirit of God will do what needs to be done. He will produce fruit in me. He will produce effectiveness in me. He will give me power when I need power. He will teach me and encourage me and be close to me. He will refresh my spirit. Not because I run and run and run, but because I'm rightly related to the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm, I'm in the wind. And I can just hold on. Uh, Paul said something similar, similar in Galatians chapter 5. He writes, since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's, let's stay in the right relationship to the Spirit of God. Let's keep in step with it. Let's move with the Spirit. Let's figure out what the Spirit of God is doing in the world. What's He trying to do in my life? And let me just go with Him. Let me move in accordance with, keep in step with the Spirit of God, the wind of God. If... It's possible for us to be in step with the Spirit. If it's possible for us to be in right relationship with the wind of God's Spirit and to feel His power and to feel the beauty and joy of walking with the Spirit, then that must mean it's possible to be out of step with the Spirit. It's possible that even if I'm a believer, even if I'm a follower of Jesus, the wind could be blowing and I could be missing out. Paul has some phrases to describe that in our lives. One of them is in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. He writes, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Spirit. Don't bring sorrow to the work of the Spirit in your life. Because when you and I do that, we cut ourselves off from the flowing powerful wind of God's Spirit. Don't, don't grieve the Spirit. He uses another phrase in 1 Thessalonians 5. Do not quench the Spirit, is the English translation. Do not quench. Don't extinguish. Don't put out what the Spirit is trying to do in your life and in the world. Don't resist that. Because when you do, you take yourself out of the powerful movement of God in your life, the powerful wind of God's Spirit in your life. Now, it, it's interesting and quite frightening that you and I have this ability. You and I apparently have the ability through our choices to remove ourselves, not from salvation. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that you lose your salvation or you're not going to heaven. He's not even saying that the Holy Spirit leaves you and He's never coming back again. He doesn't, that's not what He's saying. He's saying you could, by your choices, I could, by my choices, remove myself from the powerful flow of the Spirit of God at work in the world and at work in my life. I, I could do that. You, you could do that. We could grieve the Holy Spirit, bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit, quench extinguish, cut ourselves off from what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our lives. How many of you have um, ever been whitewater rafting? Yeah, good. A lot, a lot of people in the services have been whitewater rafting. What happens is you, you put in at the top of a river, and then you, you raft down the river several miles, and you navigate rapids and turns and, and difficult spaces. Uh, if, you're, if you're rafting, 
Usually what happens at the beginning, especially if they're new people, uh, people who haven't rafted in the boat, you go through some practice. The water's sort of calm at the top, wherever you put in usually, and, and so you have a guide and maybe eight people total in the raft. And the guide's going to give the instructions as you go down the river. So he says, all right, I want you to practice instructions. And so here's what we're going to do. Everybody give me three forward paddles. So everybody goes, one, two, three. And he says, great, good job. Uh, everybody give me three backwards paddles. All right, one, two, three. Excellent job. We're going to be great on the river today. Uh, right side, two paddles forward. One, to left side, two paddles forward, one, two. So you go through this practice to know what the commands are and so that you can work in sync as you go down the river. And then usually there'll be a command like oars in or oars up, which means everybody get your oar out of the water and we're going to ride the current. So after you practice, you take off, you, you take off down the river. Now, here's the thing about paddling in the river, in the river. You're paddling is not more powerful than the current. Once you start down the river, as far as, as, far as distance, there's relatively little paddling to be done. It's mostly riding. The river is going to carry you downstream. The river is powerful enough. It's moving the goal of paddling is to get your raft to get you in the right spot in the current so the current can do its job. Right? So the current can move you down the river through the rapids at the right spot safely, provide the power to propel you. See, paddling is more of a corrective measure than a power producing measure. It's more of a corrective measure. All right, we just want to get into the current, and then the current can do it. Because your paddling is never going to be as powerful as the current. And if you want to test this, just turn the raft around and try to paddle against the current and see how that works for you. I think if you're all paddling, you're all synchronized, you could probably paddle for about 60 seconds against the current, maybe five minutes if you're... You're not paddling from the bottom of the river to the top because the, the current is powerful. The current moves people down the river. Paddling is not really to produce power. Paddling is just to get the boat in the right position so the current can do what the current does. Life in the Spirit is similar to that. Life in the Spirit is not about how much I work and how fast I run and all the things I check off and all the goals that I have. And this long list of things that I'm going to do because God will be happy with me. The Spirit of God will be happy if I do all of these things. And some of us live our spiritual life that way. i got to do all of these. i got to get the kite in the air. i got to run. i got to paddle hard. i got to feel guilty when I mess up. And i got to make other people feel guilty when they mess up. Some of us approach spiritual life that way. Here's what the spiritual life is. Here's what life keeping in step with the Spirit is. I'm just going to get my life in the right relationship with the Spirit, and He's going to provide the power, and He's going to provide the fruit, and He's going to provide <clears throat> the, the results. Some of us live our life trying to produce spiritual results when it's not your job to produce spiritual results. 
It's your job to be in the right position with the Spirit of God, and then He'll produce results. Anybody in your whitewater rafting experience get stuck on a rock? You're going down, you get out of the current, you run into a rock, and you get stuck. Am I the only bad rafter in the whole church? Okay, thank you. Some of you, now you're being honest when I said that it's happened to me. Yeah, it's, it's happened to me where you get going and you don't quite get in the right position of the current or you get out of the current and there's big rocks on the side and your raft gets lodged up against one of these rocks and so you have to paddle backwards. Everybody paddle back, paddle back. Or somebody has to push off of the rock with their paddle. like they are. In really bad cases, another raft has to come throw you a rope and pull you off the rock. Or the fun ones are when the other raft rams you to get you on. You go spinning like this to get back into the current. Uh, Rafting is is full of rocks that you're trying to avoid so that you can stay in the current. Our our spiritual life, our, our life in general, gives us the potential of getting stuck on rocks. Because outside of the current, there are these places that you and I can get hung up on. And when you and I get hung up on them, we are not experiencing the flow of the current, the power of the river. Some of us, uh, maybe you've had the experience of of being in a raft with a a lot of inexperienced rafters, a lot of first-timers. Um, And your experience on the river that day is to go from rock to rock to stuck to stuck. Like every part of the river your boat manages to get stuck. That is not a fun experience. That is is not a very life-giving experience when you're moving down the river from rock to rock to rock to rock. Some of us look at our spiritual lives. And we come to church and we see other followers of Jesus and, and, and we hear people sing, we hear people's stories and we think, that's just not my experience. Like, I, I, don't, I don't experience what y'all are talking about. Whatever the Spirit's doing in your life, that He's not doing in my life. And, th- and there could be a lot of reasons for that. I'm not saying this is the only reason. But one of the reasons is sometimes we're going from rock to rock to rock and we're not getting in the current like we're not in the flow of what God's spirit is really wanting to do we're over on the side and we're bouncing from stuck to stuck to stuck we never experience the power that God's spirit wants to give us in our lives so what are some of those rocks what are some of those things that that hang us up and and keep us from moving down river well one of them is our thoughts Things that we hold in our mind, the thoughts that we go over and over again and again, have the power to disconnect us from what the Spirit of God wants to really do in our lives and how He wants to use us for His good in the world. This is Paul, these are Paul's words in Romans chapter 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. 
The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Paul says, look, your, your thoughts, they're either moving in the flow of the spirit, which is life and peace. They're experiencing power. You're open to what the Spirit of God is doing in your life. You're either experiencing that or you're hung up on a rock because of your thoughts, and that, those thoughts are leading to death. Life and peace, that's one option. With what you put up here, death, that's the other. Stuck on a rock is, what's, is the other option. And, 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 our, and our minds are always moving in one of those two directions. My, my mind is moving toward life and peace. I'm in the flow of the Spirit. I'm sensing His current I'm stuck. And, and, and it, could be thoughts of, it could be thoughts of anger towards somebody else or conflict that I'm constantly dwelling on. <clears throat> it could be uh, negativity. It could be this critical spirit that's kind of developed in our minds, and we just keep rehearsing it over and over and over. It could be anxiety. It could be worry, anxious thoughts that I, I just keep rehearsing in my mind. And Paul war, warns us, Look, those thoughts can take you out of what the Spirit's doing. You don't lose your salvation. The Spirit doesn't leave you. It doesn't abandon you. But you don't experience the power of the flow of God's Spirit because of what's going on in your mind. Uh, our tendency is to think that our thoughts are neutral. They're just our thoughts. That's, that's what we want to think about. But nobody else knows my thoughts. I'm the only one that knows. How could they be impacting me or anybody else? I'm the only one that knows that I think these things. Paul says... Your thoughts are either moving you forward with the Spirit of God or they're taking you out of the flow of the Spirit. They could be thoughts I have about myself, the way I think about myself. It, it could be thoughts that I think about other people. But my thoughts are either moving me into the current of where God's Spirit is moving or they're getting me stuck over here outside the current. That's why Paul encourages Encourages us in Philippians 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Pause. Here's a grid. If you want to know, are your thoughts moving you in the current of the Spirit of God? Well, are they true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent? And praiseworthy? Is, is, is that the flow of thought that you're in? Because if it's not, it's hindering what the Spirit wants to do in you. All of us know from, from example and from seeing other people that our thoughts tend to build on themselves. We all know people who easy to get along with, great people, and then one day they just became negative about one thing. It became critical about this thing, and they could not let it go. And that one negative thing became two negative things, and then five negative things, and then ten negative, and then everything. It just grew. Same thing with anxiety, right? Maybe you know somebody that's just great, and, and then all of a sudden they get worried about this thing. And maybe it was a thing that wasn't even a part of their life. Maybe it was some big grand thing, like... Uh, uh, a political thing, or, or maybe it was uh, something in their family. But they, they began to obsess anxiously over this thing, and then that thing became two things and five things, and then they just became worried and anxious about everything. I think that's one of the reasons Paul says that your thoughts 
They're going to put you in the current and power of God's movement, the, the movement of God's spirit, or they're going to hang you up. They're going to catch you on a rock. They're going to take you out of what God is doing in your life. So thoughts, that's one rock, rock we can get hung up on. Uh, the Bible says our speech, not just the thoughts that we think, but when those thoughts turn into words, the words that come out of our mouth can disconnect us from what the Spirit of God is trying to do in our life. Right, right before Paul says, do not grieve the Spirit, right before he says, as he's building to that moment, in Ephesians 4, he writes, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. As if those are connected do not let unwholesome talk come out. The things that you're saying, you need to monitor that because that's one of the ways that you put out what the Spirit is trying to do in you. That's one of the ways that you remove yourself from the current of God's Spirit as it's trying to flow in your life. So when we're struggling spiritually, we don't sense the power of God's Spirit. When we don't sense His nearness, His encouragement, His guiding us, His teaching us. Look for two things, Paul says. What are you thinking about? What's in your brain? What's in your mind? What's coming out of your mouth? Listen carefully on a daily basis to what's coming out of your mouth. Because in Ephesians 5, Paul says, if you're moving with the Spirit, if you're controlled by the Spirit, if you're keeping in step with the Spirit... What's going to come out of your mouth is going to be encouragement to other people. It's going to be gratitude. That's going to be coming out of your mouth if you're in the flow of God's Spirit. Worship is going to come out of your mouth. The words, the song. Praise is going to come out of your mouth. This is what would be coming out of your mouth if you're in the flow of God's Spirit. So what are you thinking? What are you saying? A third area of our life that can be a rock is uncontrolled emotions. Mismanaged emotions. Um, right after warning us that we should not quench the Spirit of God, Paul writes this in Ephesians 4. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. My unwillingness to, in, to, to control me and my emotions towards other people can take me out of what the Spirit of God is trying to do in my life. It doesn't stop the Spirit of God, right? If you're hung up on a rock, if you've ever been hung up on a rock, rock white water, right? the river's still flowing. Right? The river's still powerful. The river's still moving people downstream. You're just missing out on the power that's there. Paul says your emotions, that, that anger... There's things that you're feeling on the inside. If you're not managing those, if, you're not, if not, you're not yielding those to the Spirit of God, if even in your emotions you're not keeping in step with the Spirit of God, Paul says, be careful. You'll extinguish what he's trying to do in you. You'll cut yourself off from what he's trying to do in you. And you're, you're probably figuring out that any disobedience to God is something that takes us out of the flow of the Spirit of God. Whether it's our thoughts or our, our words or our emotions or our actions, those things cut us off from what the Spirit of God is trying to do in our lives. Paul says, You got to get rid of it. You got, you got to paddle back into the stream, you got to get back into the current. 
so that God's Spirit can accomplish what He wants to accomplish in our lives. The reality is, we have this conflict going on inside of us all the time. Even as followers of Jesus, even as believers and people are going to heaven, Paul admits he had it, we have it. There is this tension, this conflict constantly between what the Spirit wants for us and what we want for us. It's not ever going to go away. As we yield to the Spirit, we're going to get more powerful at fighting it off, but it's not ever going to just vanish. There's always going to be somewhere in our life this tension, this conflict. Paul writes about it in Galatians 5 like this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. There's this tension. And Paul's a believer. One of the most famous believers. One of the strongest believers. He's talking to believers. He's saying, this is life in the Spirit. There is this battle that's going to sometimes go on in your heart. This tension. This kind. You're never going to outgrow it. You're never going to get smart enough for it. You're never going to get spiritual enough that you don't have to worry about it. You're going to have, I'm going to have, Paul had this conflict because there were times the Spirit of God was moving him in a direction, but there was something over there that he wanted. It was a decision that he wanted to make. And his flesh, Paul, his sinful self, was in conflict with what the Spirit wanted. And that's why he gives this great phrase. He says, you can't always do what you want. Because sometimes you don't want the right things. That's why we need the Spirit of God to help us know what to want. You can't just do what you want all the time because sometimes what you want is not right. You can't just do what you feel all the time because sometimes you're going to feel things that aren't right. You can't just do what makes you happy because you're not always a good job. You're not always, you won't always do a good job of determining what will really bring happiness because you'll look at something and you'll think that'll make me happy and the Spirit of God knows, no, it won't. Like that will bring hurt and destruction and problems. Well, let's stay in the current. Stay over here. Stay in the flow of my spirit. Don't go over there. There's a conflict. We're going to deal with it all of our lives. Here's the good news. In spite of this conflict, in spite of this tension in our lives, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to live in the current. And we're not helpless against these rocks. We're not not helpless in this conflict and in this tension. The Holy Spirit isn't in us. And as we yield to Him, as we keep in step with Him, as we say yes to Him, He gives us the power to avoid those things, to choose what will keep us in the current, in the flow of God's Spirit. He gives us the ability to do that. Paul writes about it in Romans 8. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If the Spirit is in you, you don't have to just give in to what your flesh says, to what sin says. You don't have to just give in. You don't live for that. You live for the Spirit of God. You're not a victim to that. You could be controlled by the Spirit of God. Another bit of good news. When we do get stuck, the Spirit of God is still in us. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't jump ship. 
He doesn't say, okay, you're on your own. Get, out, get off the rock by yourself. I'm done with you. Even as we're resisting him, even as we're, as we're quenching his work, he doesn't leave us. He's still in us saying, look, come back. Paddle, paddle this way. Come on, get off of, paddle towards me. Get back over here. I'll help you if you'll just yield to me. If you'll take a step to me, paddle this way. Let's get back in the current. He never abandons us wherever we are. Now, another thought about rafting is rafting's a, a team sport. You, you have other people in the boat with you. And usually, if you take a big group, you have other boats in the river. And all of you have sort of made a commitment. We're going to make sure everybody gets to the bottom. We're going to make sure everybody's okay. So that when one boat gets stuck, there's another boat that can come help. There's another boat that can throw you a rope. There's another boat that can ram into you and get you off the rock. When it comes to life in the Spirit, and maybe this sounds self-serving, but when it comes to life in the Spirit, I, you need the church. You need God's people. You need community. And church isn't perfect. It's never been perfect. It's never going to be perfect. This one's not perfect. There's not a perfect one anywhere. I'm just saying, life in the Spirit, if you want to stay in the current, if you want to keep your boat in the powerful movement of God's Spirit, like you need other people in their boats helping you. You need other people paddling with you. You need other people who throw you a rope from time to time and say, come on, get back out here where we are. This is where the power is. And I I so often see people who, who at one time had this vibrant walk with God, this vibrant commitment to God, this powerful life in the Spirit, and suddenly like they're off by themselves. And the the river's still flowing, and the current's still there, and the power's still there, and the spirit's still moving. But they they decided they would raft alone. They would decide it. I don't need a boat. I don't need other boats. I don't need other paths. I can do this. I don't need the church. I don't need community. I don't need a group. And, And those are the ones who most often have the most difficult time getting back in the current. I have the most difficult time getting back and sensing God's spirit at work in their life. Look, we, we need each other. We're not perfect. Not ever going to be perfect. We're not going to do everything right. But we need to figure it out together. We need to figure out how to be in the flow of God's current, the spirit's current together. So as we close... I think there are probably some of us, maybe all of us, there's some of us, and there is a rock, and you know it's a rock. And you know, as much as you may have justified it to yourself or to other people, you know there's this thing that's keeping you from fully experiencing the flow of God's Spirit in your life. You just know it. It's a relationship. It's a, it's a thought pattern that you've just been nursing it's a speech pattern. It's something you've been talking about too much. It's worry. It's, it's anger. It's, it's a habit. It's, it's something you're doing. And you know, like the Spirit's 
The Spirit is speaking to you right now. I say, come on back, come on back, get it back in the current. This is the thing. Paddle away from this. And as we close this series and close, close this message, some of you during this next song, like between you and God, you just need to start paddling. You need to paddle, start paddling away from that person, that environment, that that thought pattern, you just, need to start pad- you just need to start paddling because the river's flowing and the Spirit's calling you into it. You just need to get unstuck. You need to let something go in your life so that you could go back to experiencing the power and beauty of what the Spirit wants to do in your life today. God, thank you that we're not navigating this river on our own. God, thank you that we do have the power of your Spirit in us. Whether we've been in the current or out of the current, whether we've been yielding to him or resisting him, whether we've been flowing with him or we've been quenching him, wherever we are, if we're a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God is in us and he's calling us off of the rocks and into the current. And he'll do the work. He'll produce the fruit. He'll accomplish the results. We just have to get off the rock and get in the current. And so today, there are people here and they know they need to paddle away from and they're going to fill in the blank. Help them to know that we're all paddling together. We're all pulling together. We're all pointing downstream together. That we would experience the beauty and power and current and flow of your spirit in our lives and in our church. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen.